So this is week three in the series, The Love of God. And what is constant and will never change is the love of God, which can only be found and fully experienced in Christ. It can only be found and experienced. Oh my God, that's the thing, experienced in Christ. This love is free to anyone who wants it. The only thing a person has to do is receive it. To the child of God, the love of God is what will sustain us in the times we are living. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, that is what is going to sustain us, the love of God. And when you experience His love, there's no going back. There is no going back. And you know, because that when you experience the love of God, there's a witness in your spirit that really, really, that you are loved. And that he's with you and that there's nothing that he would hold from you. So just a recap from last week. We were in Luke chapter 15 and we're going to go there again today. Luke chapter 15. And we saw that Jesus was teaching in parables. <clears throat> His audience besides the disciples were tax collectors, sinners, which includes prostitutes, the non-Jews, mixed race, etc. The poor. And also included in the crowd was the Pharisees and scribes who usually were there to criticize him or find something to accuse him. We were talking about the parable of the lost son or the parable of, a, of the prodigal son, where the youngest of two sons wanted his inheritance before his father was ready to release it. He wanted what was his and he demanded it from his father. But my focus in the story was mostly on the father's response because the topic is the love of God and not so much on the son. Because we want to see the heart of the father and the love for his son. And as you know, I said, this is similar to God's love for his own children. So the parables, Jesus always taught in parables, but the parables was to teach a lesson, to give an analogy of something so that through the parables, those who can spiritually see and hear can receive what, you know, what he had to give. The father did not hesitate and divided up the estate to give the youngest son what he asked for. I don't believe that the father made this decision lightly, but he did it to hopefully save his son. The son had to learn the hard way and the father was allowing the son to come to the end of himself sooner than later. You know, I'm not going to go back to explain why, why he did that. The father had to let him go. He had to let the son go. And we at times, we just got to let people go. So our Heavenly Father loves us similarly and has given us free will. We have to choose to walk in his ways. And at times do the things that we don't want to do for our own benefit. We have to, everything we do is a choice. We have to choose to worship him. We have to choose to praise Him. We have to choose to pray. We have to make a choice to obey His Word, etc., etc., etc. Every time we make a decision, it's a choice we are making. And that is the beauty of being God's creation. We are created in His image and His likeness. God has the ability to choose, and He has also given us the ability to choose. Isn't that a wonderful thing? So if we were rebellious as the prodigal son or the lost son, our father will let us go. So that we will have to experience the consequences of our rebellion. <laughs> he, 
He will let us go. So that we, the only way we're going to learn, we have to experience the consequences. You can tell your child, don't touch a hot stove. But I remember when my parents told me that. But I had to go and find out for myself. And I got received the consequences of my disobedience. So because I learned the hard way, I never ever go and touch a hot stove again. So that's what happens. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. So God, even though we, we go through hard times because of our rebellious spirit, the Lord will never leave us. He will never leave us, but, but He will allow us in the experience to receive and experience the error of our ways. You understand that? He will allow us to experience it. Okay? Many times we want to stop our kids. We want to stop them. But sometimes you, after you talk 150 times, sometimes you just have to let them go. Alright, so that was just a recap from what I, I talked about just last week. So let's go back into Luke 15 today, and I'm going to reread, the. Um, we starting from verse 11. I'm not going to finish this today because there, I'm, I'm breaking it up in sections so you can see the heart of the Father. So in Luke chapter 15, we're going to start at verse 11. But my text is actually 14 through 19, but we, I'm going to start from 11 again. And it says here, then he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine or pigs. And he would gladly have filled his, the, his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat and bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Okay, we're going to stop there. Now you read this, we read this scripture, scriptures, and I've read it many times. You know, and, I, and sometimes you meditate on it. But when you really, you know, this time I'm meditating, and because of, sometimes the Lord will give you things in different, in a different way. So since this, this is about the love of God, you start seeing things from a, from a different perspective. So as we're going through this, I want to pick up from verse 14. But it said here, but when he had spent all, so the son was having a, he took everything that the father gave him, his inheritance, and he just had a good time. He partied. Whatever it was in his mind to do, and he had the means to do it, he did. He had nothing back. He had a good time. So it said here in verse 14, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in, in that land, and he began to be in want. So what happened here? He spent all, and you see, from what I mentioned last week, you see the mentality of this, this son. 
He did not invest any of his money. He didn't manage his finances. So he was, that's how he left home. Rebellious and didn't want to take notes and do what the father required him to do because Jewish these people, when they have an inheritance for their children, they raise these children up from small, teaching them how to manage their state. But this son was rebellious and arrogant. So he just spent everything. So you know he wasn't managing anything. He just had a good time. And of course, like, like all things, must come to an end. If you don't invest your money, if you don't try to get a return on your investment, there is nothing coming back to you. So you're going to eventually just blow it all, which is what he did. But unfortunately for him, not only did he lose all his money, he didn't lose it, he, he squandered it. There was also a famine which arose in the time which he spent all his money. So which was doubly bad for him because everyone was having a tough time at that time. No one was willing to support him. As it said here, he began to be in want in verse 14. Verse 15, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. So now he had to go look for a job. Not only did he waste his, he blew his money, it's a hard time because there's famines, a lot of people looking for work. So he took what he could get, feeding pigs in a field. So he went and joined himself to the citizen of a country and it says he went looking for a job. And he went to feed the pigs. So he was already humble because he said, look, I don't care what it takes. I got to eat. He wasn't thinking about how he's going to dress. He's not going to think thinking about anything else. All he's thinking about is how he's going to eat. And he said, and it said in verse six, 16, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the, that the pigs ate because nobody gave him anything. He was so desperate. He was willing to eat the pig's food. But the pig's food probably wasn't even palatable, palatable for him. But he didn't care. But still, he couldn't, it couldn't fill him. Because it's, and it also said here, no one gave him anything. So all those people he was lavishing money on and spending money on, having a good time. They say, they say, look, it's a, it's, it's a famine. We don't have extra to give you. We are hurting. We gotta take care of our own. Buddy, I'm sorry. I love you. We had a good time with you, but you, you're on your own. So nobody was giving him anything. So all the friends he was able to buy with the money he had, they're no longer around. He's on his own. So he, he's in trouble. But then it says here, verse 17, when he came to himself, he said, so when it came to himself means what? When you're at the bottom of the rung, when you're bottom at the, of the, of the pit, when you're, when you're at the end of yourself, you start reflecting on what you used to have. So he probably starts thinking about, man, I had all this money, I blew it, I messed up with my dad, but man, the servants, those people were eating well, they had enough bread to eat and to spare. You know what? I'm gonna die of hunger, I gotta do something. So what am I gonna do? Verse 19, verse 18. I'm, I'm going, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. For him to have that mentality, he humbled himself. I can't even say, I can't even go back to my father and even request to be in the position like I was before his son. 
I'm willing to humble myself and be like a servant because the servants are being better treated and fed than I am right now. So I'm going to humble myself and I'm willing to be hired on by my dad if he will have me. So he remembered what it was like being home. And he had an epiphany. And in the moment of desperation, because that sometimes it takes, you know, a moment of desperation for you to really start reflecting and thinking soberly. Because this is what he was having. He decided to return home, seek forgiveness and get employment with his father. Pride was not an issue anymore for him. He humbled himself. He left home arrogant, rebellious and prideful and is willing to return home humbled. Humbled. Let's go to verse 20. And he arose. So he made a decision to go home. And he's going to suck it up and talk to his dad. And he came to his, and returned home and rose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Wow. When he was away off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. What does that say? That the father, well before that, the father never picked himself up and went looking for his son. He left him on his own. But the father was always on the lookout for his son. Always hoping that he would return home. Because he knew what his son was like. He knew it. And he was hoping that the son would, would return. So he said, the Bible says, when he was afar off. So that means the father was always looking out for him. So the father saw him, recognized him instantly. But look at the heart of the father here. The father, not only when he saw him, he didn't just stay, stand home and say, okay, okay, there he is, he's coming home. All right. He's coming. Oh, good, he's coming. No, the father, it said it had, he had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father, as soon as the father recognized was him. The father didn't stay. He ran to meet him. Now the father could have said, yeah, there's that joker. He's coming. I'm going to wait. Let him come to me. No, the father saw him and ran to him. The father didn't care about his pride or anything. That was his son coming home. He ran to him. Fell on his neck. And kissed him. Alright? And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. This is the love of God. The son learned through the consequences of his behavior. He had to go through the fire. God's love will let us go through the fire. He will not keep us from the fire. Because many times we pray, God keep us from this and keep us from that. But that is what, that is what, remember when Jesus prayed? I, when he prayed in the, the Lord's prayer, keep us from temptation, deliver us from evil. That's when we're walking in the light. But when you're walking in your ways, God doesn't keep you. Because you made a choice to go your own way. So he has to let you go through the fire. So why are you going through the fire you made for yourself? You can say, Lord, keep me from the fire. He can't keep you from the fire because you created your own drama for yourself. 
You see, when we create the drama, then we want him to rescue us from the drama. But no, you got to go through your drama. But he's there with you while you go through your drama. You should have listened to me before you went, you went and walked in darkness, walking in your own ways. A lot of people blame God when they get themselves in drama and blame him when he doesn't try and rescue them out of their drama. But you got yourself in the drama. So he's going to see you through the drama. And hopefully when you come through your drama, you're a different person. That you won't go and enter into some, um, the similar type of drama. You guys understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Alright. Hey, the Lord said, I, I lay before you blessing and cursing. Life and death. Choose life. Choose life. So you want to walk in your own ways? Go ahead. You'll experience the consequences of your, of your choices. But I'm not going to pull you out of it. There is something you need to learn. Because you notice when you rescue your children from stuff they never learn, they always go back and redo the stuff you don't want them to do. Sometimes you have to let them burn. Well, you know, when I say burn, you know what I mean. <laughs> you, you understand. You ha- they have to. They have to. Alright, so let, let's go to Luke 15 real quick. Um, I'm 20, verse 20. I think I was just reading 20. But anyhow. So, so the father fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry for this is my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and he began to be merry. Look at the heart of God. Soon as the father saw him, the father ran to him. Because the father knew that he was, he came to his senses and he was coming back. The same thing with the Lord. The Lord is waiting, he's there. As soon as we come to our senses, make our mind up, and as soon as we say, Lord help us, he's already there, ready to take us and pull us. Oh my God, isn't that wonderful? He doesn't wait. He's not an arrogant God that says, now you know. Now you're going to listen to me? No. He just takes you right away. Takes you because he doesn't want us to be in any more pain than we have to be. We already learned our lesson. So the father knew that. That's why he ran to the son. And look how the fa- look what the father did. The father, the son is telling the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and, 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 and in your sight. I am no longer, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Look what the father did. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put the ring on his finger, on his hand, sandals on his feet. The father totally disregarded what he said because the father already knew when he saw him, he knew this, that the son was repentant. He already knew it. But he didn't address that because why? He wasn't, the father didn't care about what the past, the father cares about now and going forward. Oh my God, that is the love of God. Whatever we did in the past, the Lord doesn't care about it. He doesn't care. He takes us as we are. A lot of people are afraid to come to God. I got to clean up my act. I got to get myself right. God don't care. Come to Him as you are. You just repent and He just takes you as you are. He takes you as you are. And this is, you see the love of God here. Right? The father never lost hope. Always look on the lookout for his son. 
And not only, not only did he, he disregard what the son was saying, he said, bring, bring the, bring the finest robe, put the ring on his hand, put sandals on his feet, restore him to the position he had when he, when he, before he left. Restore him to sonship. He's not a sir, hired servant. He's my son who was lost, but now he's found. People think when they go off course, God hates them. God doesn't care about them. But God, when you repent, He restores you as a son. Oh my, hear what I'm saying? He restores you in your position as a son. Glory to God. Oh my God. He restores you in a position as a son. You hear what I'm saying here? He never gave up on His son. The Lord never gives up on us. He's always extending mercy in spite of ourselves. In spite of ourselves, the Lord shows us compassion and extends mercy. He couldn't wait for his son to get to the house. He had to run and meet the son. This is the heart of the father. He had a heart of compassion, pity, concern for the misfortune of his son. He understood what the, he didn't know exactly what the son went through, but he knew it wasn't easy to bring his son because he knew what the son was like before he left. The son probably said, I ain't never coming back in this house. I can't live under your rules. But then he saw him, he said, oh, he was lost, but now he's found. He's coming back. He's in his right mind. So, he had compassion because he understood what the son had to go through, what the son went through. That's the heart of God. God had compassion on lost man and did something about it. He sent his son to die. Alright? But we have to come to God in God's way. Just as the son, when he came back, he had to come back under the same authority of the father's house. And he had to come back the father's way. He can't come back in that house his way. Not in the way he left. He couldn't come back in the house that way. No way. He had to come back under the same authority of the house. And do it the Father's way. The f- heaven, our Heavenly Father is the same way. When we walk contrary, when we come back, we got to come back His way. Not any, not any old way. we got to come back His way. So the Father's prayers were answered. His son had returned. He didn't care about the son's condition, only that he returned. And in his right mind, he said, my son was dead. He said he was dead. Dead. He's alive now. He's in his right mind. He was lost, now he's found. This is somebody I can relate to now. When he left here, we were, we were butting heads. We weren't seeing eye to eye, but he's back. No, we haven't, we could have a real relationship. God, do you hear that? It's the same way with us. Because when we get in our mess, it's because we are walking, we are rebellious to our father. We don't want to be under his authority. We want to do things our way. But then when we come back, we repent and we come back. Now he can, well, we can have koinonia. Now we can have fellowship. Why? Because now you're thinking right. You're thinking straight. So the father's prayers were answered. The son repented and the father never held the past against his son. He never did. He was rejoicing because his son returned returned home changed. His lost son, the rebellious, arrogant, prideful son, returned home, humble as a humble man. Right? So when we repent and turn to God, He never holds our past against us. As far as the east is from the west, He has removed our transgressions. 
And this blood of Jesus is not the blood like lamb, like goats and lambs that covers. This, this blood washes away. There is no trace of any, of, of, of our past sins. So it doesn't matter what, what we have done. God never holds our past against us. Because that's the way He is. He never looks at our past. It's blotted out. He doesn't remember our past. He always, God always looks forward. Because the past is done away with. And what matters is what we are doing going forward. That's what matters. God is always a God of the now. He said, I am the great I am. I am that I am. I am is present. I am is not I was. I am is present. God is always present. Anything God does is I am present. That's why Apostle Paul says, forget those things that are behind. Forget my past successes and failures. I press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God is not a God of the past. Your past successes or failures are irrelevant to God. God cares about where you're going forward. If you read about Solomon, Solomon started off great. But he ended up, he ended jacked up. So his past didn't matter. Is what happens going forward. So the love of God can at times seem very harsh. Very harsh. But it's sometimes the only way man with a free will can learn. He's just going to let us go through what we got to go through. And you see, I don't care what people say, I don't care what they think. God will never change. There is no man in the past or in the future who could ever change God's mind. Because what, who God is, is who He is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even Jesus couldn't change the Father's mind. Because when Jesus had to go to the cross, He said, Father, if this cup can be passed from me, let it be so. But He said, not my will, your will. The Father said, basically, you gotta go through this. Jesus could choose not to do it. Could have chosen not to do it. But that's, he wasn't, the Father's mind wasn't going to be changed because that was the prerequisite to redemp, for the redemption of man. The plan, that was a set plan. That wasn't changing. God's mind wasn't changing. That's what it took for man to be redeemed. So Jesus had to get with the program and said, not my will, Father, your will. So the love of God can be harsh and seem harsh. But when you understand that His plans for us are for good and how much He loves us how much He loves us. We, un- we understand why it's important that we walk in His ways. Why we walk in the light. So we have to choose to love Him. Choose to do things His way. God will never, ever, ever usurp our will. He will never do it. Never do it. Never. And that's one thing that's powerful with man. That's one thing that can keep God from doing stuff in this person's life. Their will. You know that? In a way we could say we have more power than God. Because God will never go against our will. Never. So you can say, God, stay out of my life. Step, step. He stay out. He's gonna stay out. He's not gonna, he's gonna, not gonna come where he's not welcome. He's not. So the Lord will never usurp our will. He hasn't changed. And Israel behaved similarly with their rebellion. And what did the Lord do? He allowed them. 
he allowed the enemies to overtake them and they had to go through their drama. Then when they repented, he delivered them. We are no different. You should never judge the, 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 the Israel, the Israelites, the Jews. Never. Because we are no different than them many times. We are knuckleheaded and hard-headed just as they were. Just that we have a better covenant. <laughs> we have a better covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Oh my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We have a better covenant. So, the same will happen with the body of Christ. If we do not turn from the arm of flesh and seek to do things God's way, we will be humbled. We will be humbled. As we see, as we see the heart of God in this, God never cares about what we did in the past. All He cares about is about the repentant heart. He said what? A contrite heart and repentant heart He will not despise. He will never despise it. Anyone who calls on Him with a repentant heart the Lord would always, always acknowledge. Always acknowledge it. Yes, believe it or not. You could have a serial killer on his deathbed. Still in this physical body and conscience. And say, Lord Jesus, if you're there, I believe you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Wash me. And what would the Lord do? The Lord is going to honor him. Isn't that something? That is the mercy of God. Live all his life as a crazy man. Come to God with a repent, a truly repentant heart. And the Lord will receive him. Isn't that something? The Lord don't care about your past. All he cares is that you have a change of heart. 